Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. Number 24. 24. You gotta move wow. it forward, brother. It's gotta crazy. move it forward. It's crazy, man. Yeah, man. Um, shout out to our sponsors, um, Geology. Geology Ge- is our sponsor. Ge- yes, sponsor. Geology. Woo! Yes, yes. He is doing it. Yeah. Um, tell them about your book. Tell them what's going on with you. Uh, my book is still out. I'm still working on the printed version so you guys can get it printed on demand. You guys can still download it on, just ask for it, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com. I'll send you a quick uh, ebook. Just make sure I get paid as well. It's not going to be free. I did put in some work, put in like a year. So, yeah, check that out. But, yeah, you can check out my blog, geologyblog.com. Um, I talk about various things. I put a lot of my short stories that I sell, a lot of my poetry as well. But I've also started vlogging, Mike. You, I, I showed you a couple of episodes. Um, I, what I saw was I saw um, poetry. I, I saw you do poetry, poetry well, yeah. but I didn't see the blogs or the vlog. Well, I put one episode up. It's probably because I took those down and put another okay. one up. Okay. So it's like an updated version. For those of you who do not know, you can find me on YouTube as well. Geology, it's all connected. Um, I have it basically blogging lifestyle. So, yeah, I'm sponsoring ourselves. That's what's up. That's what's <laughs> up. Um, shout out to Flight School. So uh, if you're looking for new music, go on Spotify, type in Flight School, all one word. Uh, these guys have really good music, uh, high high quality uh, music and they are uh, based out of Michigan so doing work out of Michigan I've seen them live in concert I know one of the brothers very well and uh, sound in his word the music is really good so uh, go to Spotify check them out flight school and uh, and you'll have some really good quality music so uh, today we have a special guest he's kind of not really special like we just found him on the street he was walking by and i said you want to join and he said yeah sure i'm not doing nothing so uh john morales john morales is in the building yeah boy yeah yeah um so thank you guys for having me yeah I, man when yeah. you say uh literally come off the street it literally he physically was off like i saw him i was like come and he came yeah. And you know, we'd give him drink and a meal. And I mean, here. the crazy oh, thing yeah. is, Mike was just saying, still waiting on the meal. Mike was saying he was just gonna sit around or just stand for a moment. I was just like, oh, what's this? He's not gonna chip in. What, what's going yeah, on? Well, now? you know, I'm happy, happy to be here, and um, you know, I'm happy what you guys are doing here, and I'm glad to see where this is gonna go. We'll and see what topic <laughs> we're gonna be talking about we'll today. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, today's topic is uh, it's a tough one. Um. You know, G and I, after the previous episode, we we were going to talk about something. I forgot what we were going to talk about. I don't know if it was Buddha or It was going to touch somebody. upon reincarnation. Something like that. I think we were so. just going to elaborate on on what happened in the previous episode. And, and recent events kind of made me think um, that we needed to focus on this topic called death. And... Um, and it's a dark topic because it's it touches home, at least for me. Um, I would say over the course of the last few weeks and even the last year, I've had a lot of friends and family members lose people. Um, one of my best friends, he lost both his mom and his dad. Um, and at work recently, I had a coworker. She was young. I think she was 22, 23 years old. She died in a car accident uh, a few weeks ago, on uh, New Year's Day. And um, and it's tough to like really see emotions of what people go mm-hmm. through when when death is is at the door. 
Um, and I just, you know, I feel like I've spent a lot of time counseling people and, and, you know, just, just they're, they're coming to me or I'm just trying to be uh, available to, to provide comfort. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And, and, and my wife can testify, you know, I, I've sat there and, um, you know, most recently, one of my other best friends, uh, Chris, he lost his grandfather, who was like his his um, his dad, essentially. He was he literally just FaceTimed me as we were setting up, um, and and it's been tough for him. And just all these losses, I Jura has found me in the kitchen just crying because it's painful to see somebody else go through uh, a situation where they've lost a family member, they've lost someone who's dear to them. And then for me to have the opportunity to reflect on, you know, what am I doing with my life? Like, who am I right now, every day, tomorrow can end? Like, you know, the, the span of, of, of the people that have passed away that I've seen have ranged, you know, from a two-year-old kid or, or even an, uh, a, a stillbirth mm-hmm. to 80-something, 90-year-old man, you know? Um, there is no guarantee. There isn't. There is no guarantee that you're going to live a long life and you're going to have money for retirement and you're going to get that house that you want and the picket fence. And we that's what we work for. That's what we strive for life. And there's no guarantee for that. Or we focus so much on that and then as soon as we have someone close by us die, it's like a wake-up call. Yeah. That's yeah. the scariest thing because we can be continuously going for that nine to five and then come home and then just sit down and watch TV, not really valuing our time. And then automatically we get that call and then we're rushing to the hospital or we're rushing to our nearest family member. And then boom, it's also like not on your mind Mm -hmm. until someone dies. Yeah. And then everybody's like, Oh, you have like this contemplative thing with yourself that you start thinking about death. Mm -hmm. Like you, so Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're oblivious to death in a sense that until we're confronted with it and you know through a situation that we realize maybe a friend died or or a friend of a friend dies it Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to have like a relationship with you personally but until that happens then you realize man like life is really short but previously the day before it was like no thought. I'm invincible, son. Yeah. Or like how we used to always talk about in previous episodes, YOLO. You only live once. Remember when yet, that was going on? Yet they never really focus on necessarily living. They just live out their lives but don't really care about death in I a w- sense. There's um, a guy, I don't know if you guys heard of him, Gary V. He has a long last name. But essentially he's one of those you know, motivational speakers, mm-hmm. entrepreneur guys uh who capitalized on the tech industry back when uh been killing the game for like 20 something years whatever um and i've been listening to some of his stuff and and some of it's motivational some of it's i think it's very surface because until you've gone through the grind you really don't know what he's talking about Mm -hmm. like until you really understand the intricacies of business and what it takes to launch a business run a business grow a business um it you can hear him say you know live carelessly and blah 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 but you don't know what that means until you've lost your own money you know what i'm saying and um and anyway so he had said this thing he said um he gets to a point where he feels um invincible 
he's like, I just feel invincible because he's let all of all of the weight that he felt he carries um, to just kind of not caring anymore, you know, um, to not caring about other people's opinions and so on and so forth. But it was just the statement, like the things that he said that led up to that statement weren't so horrible. Um, they weren't really bad. But when he said, I feel invincible, and then he kind of like t stuck his chest out, that's concerning. Because mm -hmm. you get to this place of success or you get to this place where you've been through trials, you've been tested, and you've come out dry on the other side. And suddenly you're like, Psh, I'm the man, son. Like, I got this. this. This life ain't got nothing on me. I'm good. Anything I touch, I'm like Midas. You know, anything I touch turns to gold. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's dangerous. Because just at, at a moment's notice, yesterday uh, was my father's uh, birthday. And um, when I was in high school, when I was in, in senior year of high school, I went to high school with John. He passed away in February. And that was our, that was our senior year. And I didn't really have like a deep relationship with my father. I had a very surface relationship with him, but... He died suddenly. He had he had lung cancer. He had emphysema. Then it progressed. He had lung cancer, and then he died of a heart attack ultimately. And he was fifty six years old. And when I got the news that he had died, I was numb. But then I was I just wept. I just cried and cried and cried and cried. like I I could not control the hysteria. Like I didn't have a relationship with him. He wasn't in front of me. He lived in Puerto Rico. But just knowing that my father died and that I would no longer have an opportunity to have a relationship with him, it broke me. Like, it broke me to another level. And I wasn't even, I wasn't a believer then. You know, I was mm -hmm. kind of not certain about anything. And uh, and yesterday happened to be his birthday. and And I just thought it was so interesting that we chose this topic and I didn't even think on him, you know, for that moment. And, um, and it's crazy because, you know, when you look at scripture and scripture talks about in Ecclesiastes, it, it mentions, um, it's better to be in the house of mourning than at the table with fools. Like to be in a room where there's death and there's the talk of, of, of the passing away or, or reflection on somebody who died and people are crying and there's weeping and, and, and there's uncontrollable hysteria or you have like the wake where you have that guy, uh, his Spanish households, you know, in, <laughs> they have like the dude. Yeah. He's like in the middle of the living room yeah. and you're like, why is he in the middle? Why is grandpa in the middle of the living room? Um, when you have that situation of mourning, Scripture said it's better to be there than to be at the table with fools. Like instead of being at a table where it's celebration and eating. Um, and I don't think Scripture is saying that to discount having a good time. But if you had to choose one in order to keep life into perspective, if you have to choose one moment to keep life into perspective, it would be this topic. Death. The reality of death, because the good times last a certain period of time, but death is certain. You're going to die. Mm -hmm. Everyone at this table is going to die. Everyone listening to this podcast is going to die. Everyone who is on Facebook Live right now 
they are going to die. 100% guaranteed. And it's crazy. You know, it's, it's, we don't think about that too much. And we get stressed out over little, little things. We get stressed out over, over debt that we, we created. Mm-hmm. Most of the financial issues that we have in life, we created. I wanted that MacBook. I wanted the iPhone. I wanted the Jordans. I, 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 I. And then we have these credit card bills or we have these crazy, this crazy debt. It's like, oh no, you know, freaking out. We created it. We have stress out over work or the fact that we hate our jobs or, or that we're discontent with our families. It's to what end? What, what, what does it go? I think like you mentioned something about Ecclesiastes. And when you think about Ecclesiastes, I think about Solomon and like, I think about him trying to grasp like the meaning of life mm-hmm. like yeah so he's like oh man i had it i had a thousand um 700 wives you know you know the concubines a thousand wives right. basically thousand women just thousand boom women. every day different something different i had all the sex i had all the money I had all the knowledge everything like unlocked for him and he was like trying to build you know temple or like um mm-hmm. palaces different things like that but at the end of the at the end of the book he describes it and he says you know and without part from God, everything is meaningless. So I think a lot of times people like there's this movie that I hate that, you know, the new version of um, them, Noah, that was that Noah movie. I've never seen that. <clears throat> okay. I talked about it. Before. Okay. It's one of the worst movies in my opinion. Because it's it's, it's so terrible. Dense. So you're going to make me want to go watch. Go watch it okay. and then come back and break it down. Okay. So <laughs> in the, in, in the very beginning of the film, I'm in the theater with some people from church. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're like, okay, you know, I like Russell Crowe. I saw Gladiator. You know, I like that. Um, so let me watch this movie. So I'm sitting down, and as soon the first thing I see, it says, in the beginning, there was nothing. And I'm, I'm flipping out. Everybody's like, what's wrong with you? And like, everybody didn't get it. And I was like, in the beginning, there was not nothing. In the beginning, in the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, in the beginning, nothing. So the world's perspective is always going to push that type of thing. So mm-hmm. nothing. Out of nothing comes something, which is, you know, crazy. The reason I'm saying this is because it relates to kind of death in the sense that the world views, like, if they don't have a, a sense of purpose, what is the meaning of life? You know? So they live their whole life. What's the point? So they a lot of times they end up living lawlessness, law like because there's no consequence. There's no consequences. Hell, who said who who even told you there was a hell? Like mm-hmm. it, it goes beyond trying to grasp the meaning of life. And here, this man Solomon is is trying to grasp meaning of life. And at the end of the book, he's he says, "Without God, it's meaning. Everything's meaning." Yeah, he says. Um, I think he says two things: love God, obey His commandments. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all that matters in this life. I had the women. I had the money. I had anything you can imagine. I had the status. I had the position. I had the power. I had love God, obey His commandments. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's interesting what you said. As we as there's the outlook as to what is the the meaning of life, mm-hmm. and and the question goes deep because it it's what is the when we say all men were created equal, what is the source of that value? When we say in our in our American, you know, if you're if you're in the United States and you're listening right now, we have some folks that tune in from from other countries. But 
in the United States, uh, you know, it, it's acknowledged that all men are created equal. And hence is where comes all the rights of saying, you know, uh, freedom of speech and freedom of this and freedom of that. But where does that value come from? There has to be an ultimate point in which you can reference back to say that is where our value comes from. Because if only you say it and you don't affirm it, then as long as you're stronger than him, what he says doesn't matter. I mean, that's what we talked about previous episodes before with uh, the evolution mind thinking or evolutionist thinking where automatically it's survival of the fittest. So you, there's no consequence. So just because I am stronger than you and by my nature, I can easily overrule you or I can easily take you out of the equation because my life really doesn't have no purpose, but I want to make the best of it because of the limited time I do have. So just because you're in the way now, I don't need you. Yeah. That's the problem. There has to be an ultimate end. Like there has to be, if it's nothingness, then laws, then accountability. There's no justification for any of that. Like there's no, there's no reference point to say, where do we come to a place where we, where we feel that accountability is absolutely necessary? It's all in vain. Mm -hmm. Really. It's all in vain. Let's lock this person up. Well, he, there's no meaning. So, He'll be locked up in a cage, but might as well kill himself. Hence why suicide rates have gone up because there is no meaning. There is no afterlife. There is no accountability. There is no ultimate purpose. There is no God. There is no beginning. So if there's no beginning and there's no end. So if by chance we were formed and we go back to nothingness, we go back to just, we don't go anywhere. It's like a depressing outlook on the, uh, like eternity. Right. So it's like, what is heaven going to be like? Right. Know? Right. Heaven, heaven can be what you picture it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So in some faiths, uh, heaven is getting a bunch of virgins together, and mm -hmm. that's your heaven, is that you have this unlimited sex, or heaven is that you get your own planet. Heaven is, you, you know... You become your own god. Or, you become your own god. Or even like we talked about uh, on the previous episode, which is you reincarnate so that you can do a better job next time. So you, you, mm -hmm. you live a, a life that's kind of crappy mm -hmm. to come back to a life that is kind of crappy then you come back again to a life that is kind of crappy like where does that end no, the thing is um it's progressively getting worse so, <laughs> yeah so you die and then you you get reincarnated you come back you're like whoa this is crazier than what i but you don't even know yeah you come back to not knowing mm -hmm. that you know there's the the understanding that I think I was, or I felt I was, there was this intuitive thing that, but there's no, there's no stamp on it. There's no receipt. There's no guarantee. I need, I need evidence. Ooh, I like what you're saying. Um, it's kind of like, why do people fear death? It's, it, people have a fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just death. You know, I'm, a, I'm afraid to not take that job because I don't know what i'm gonna do i'm afraid to start that business because i don't i don't know what's gonna happen people a lot of times are afraid of death because they don't know and see as christians we have a deposit the holy spirit it's not that we don't know it's like god gives us a deposit of mm -hmm. what's yet to come well and the receipt of there is hope so the hope that we have as as Christians is the resurrection of Jesus. Like without him resurrecting, Paul says, this life is meaningless. This life, 
we are the 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 most grieved people we are the most hopeless people because we did all this and i push all this agenda and i've been beaten and i've been shipwrecked and i've been near death and i've been imprisoned and if he didn't resurrect if i didn't have the receipt this is paul if i didn't see him and i don't have that receipt that then all this that I lived, I could have just been banging out these chicks all day. You know what I'm saying? I could have been leading these people to follow me. I could have been my own God and my own religion. But I believed that this man was who he said he was. And he resurrected. He died for our sins. He resurrected. And that was the receipt. And he presented himself to me. And it's clear. And his Holy Spirit fills me. I couldn't eat for days because of the reality of him resurrected, just destroyed my worldview. And so now when I walk, I walk in this place of real progression, not the progression that we see today where they say I'm progressives, but the real progression of saying I, I no longer live. Who I once was is dead. Now, now I'm alive in Christ. And the only reason that happens is because he resurrected. That's the receipt. And that's the funny thing, though, uh, talking about it, because we have so many people talking about different religions or reincarnation that they don't know exactly where they're going to end up. And yet you have God who became a man, died, resurrected, not only was seen by 12, but 500 people to prove that he has overcome death and has the power to remove death from our life. And yet people still doubt that to this day well if you check out the episode i think it's the historicity of mm -hmm. jesus or one of those episodes check out one of the previous episodes we talk about that where yeah over 500 eyewitnesses and that's not including women meaning you could double that easily. possibly yeah possibly and paul says in that letter paul says go talk to them yep go go talk to them you let let me know let me know how that goes if there's one eyewitness to a crime it's a wrap. That dude's locked up. Mm -hmm. If I say, yeah, I saw him break in and steal the Xbox. I took the TV, but he took the Xbox. I saw him take the Xbox. Mm -hmm. There's no question. 500 eyewitnesses? You have two. You have two. Yeah, two or more, right? 500 eyewitnesses, the resurrection of Jesus. Say, yeah, yep. And, and it wasn't just they said it. Now there was a radical movement of people just coming to Christ on another level. And it wasn't, at that time, it wasn't a violent coming to Christ where it's like come to Christ or you die like we saw in the crusades and this weird uh, statements that of Christianity which wasn't biblical Christianity and we'll talk about that in another episode but the actual Christianity where it's 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 selfless living it's pointing to the resurrection of Jesus um, it's all about him it's not about status it's not about a building mm -hmm. it's not about uh uh, you know, getting more money for offering nothing, nothing like that. There's nothing to do with that. I think that's why, like, the fear of death in a, the life of a believer is is not. I think it's for me personally. You know, I, I'm afraid of the unknown. You mm -hmm. know, just to be real. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I have like the hope and the faith that I will be one time. You know, with Jesus in the future. And I think that's the difference is that what we're looking forward to is not what the world thinks. You know, the world usually thinks, oh, it's going to be some type of cloud and, and naked thing. children no, no. and God, diapers. God and... is setting up a mm -hmm. kingdom. You know, that's why 
you know, when he came the first time, it was like, he's just like, I have something so much better for you to prepare for you. He's like, can you imagine you just walking down the street, you're seeing fruits, you're seeing beautiful things, you're seeing Jesus come up and he's like, hey, do you want to go just hang out today with me? Yeah. <clears throat> this is the same happened. person that in, in the witnessing of death, so when he saw Lazarus, mm -hmm. he wept. This is the same person that was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He wept over the death. He mourned over the death. Like that moment when death presented itself was an opportunity to mourn and relate to the human suffering of death, of a loss, mm -hmm. of, of the reality of sin. The reason why we die is because of sin, right? In scripture, it mentions it pretty clear that the reason why death has entered is because of sin. And so that is a, a physical way for us to, to see that, is that we long to live for eternity. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, being practical here, if we, have a, if we have circumstances that we are totally unhappy with our life, our situation, many people do not want to live longer than today. And we see that where you have suicides. But innately, even in the midst of trying to commit suicide, the body wants to live on. The body's natural rejects. instinct kicks in and rejects the, the pills or rejects the, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do. It's trying to heal you so that you can continue living. The point is not to die. The point is to continue living. But because of sin, we die. So Jesus at that moment where Lazarus is, you know, he gets there and Lazarus is already dead. He weeps because that is the, that is the, the I mean, clearest picture that we can get that sin exists in this world is death yet he was going to resurrect him he still took the time to weep and mourn and i feel like during this time where i'm experiencing so much death in around me my family my friends um and who knows what tomorrow brings right we don't know if we leave here tonight we don't know there's just no certainty um it's cause for us to really just stop and reflect and you know i've caught myself even even in my theological precision to be able to iron out what heaven is and resurrection and all that like i'm still i still fear death like sometimes i'll lay in bed and just think about it because i don't know what that looks like i have an assurance and i have the receipt and i'm confident but that doesn't mean that just because i have the plane ticket I'm not scared that when I get to Jersey, I don't know what's going to be in New Jersey, right? Mm -hmm. I've been there before, but I don't know what's going to be there when I get there. I don't know who's going to wait for me at the airport. Uh, I want to give you a little story of kind of like my grandmother. So my grandmother died, um, okay, prior, uh, she died about three years ago, uh, but prior to that, uh, my grandfather died, and it was like a six months in between mm -hmm. the first one. So, the first time uh, I was at a restaurant with some friends and I get a phone call um, from one of my cousins and he was like, you know, you, grandpa just died. And I just got struck with emotion. I was just, I didn't want to talk to nobody. Um, but at that moment, it was like I was crying and I already knew he was sick. Um, but my prayer was, for him to receive the Lord. And I remember him coming like three uh, three years prior to that day. 
and me actually giving the gospel to him and him being able to understand it, you know. And so I just, my prayer when he was in the hospital was like, God, like, just have him remember he struggled with Alzheimer's. So he was he had that tendency to forget. So I was like, God, just have him remember that conversation. And so I cried for him. And I was like, man, it was really, really sad. And, you know, I hear from my relatives that he accepted the Lord. So it brought comfort, right? Six months later, my grandmother passes away. Um, and this time I don't really cry. And I don't know why. <laughs> There's not a lot of, there was, I loved her so much. And the crazy thing is, I had a, a, a greater relationship with my grandmother than I had with my grandfather, like deeper. But I didn't cry. Um, according on her deathbed, she was saying, and you could take it f from what it is, this is a woman that's dying, her testimony, not mine. She was saying, I, I see Jesus. And she's like, I feel love. You know, and it brings comfort to me that, you know, my, my grandmother, a believer, you know, experienced that. God chose to bless her with that deposit right before she passes, and she went in peace. And it, it makes me think. I had greater emotion towards my grandfather who I didn't know. Why? Why? Because I don't. I didn't know if he, I was ever going to see him again. Mm. You know. Wow. Mm -hmm. But wow. my grandmother, I know. You know. It's scary. I mean, we we go around in life and we know the guarantee. Like we know we're going to be with our Father in heaven. We're going to be with Jesus. But we walk around. We might see the people, coworkers, friends, and we could see their lives from afar, and yet that yearning why we have missionaries why people go out and preach the gospel late at night when i was in new york last week i saw people you know those holding the signs just preaching blatantly not blatantly Man. but boldly and people would ignore them some people would stop by i saw the the Hebrew prophets, he, or the Hebrew Israelites, the Hebrew oh, Israelites, man. Oh, man. there, and then one Christian just stopped. And it was he you. listened to everything. <laughs> it wasn't his it. name was Geology. <laughs> he stopped, and then he put out his phone, and then started going, talking back and forth. And I was just there for ten minutes because my mom was in the store, uh, going to the bathroom, and I was just listening to the guy, and he was just saying, like going back and forth. He's saying Jesus is the way, and I was just like these people. They have that. They they feel it. Just like how you, like, you know, like, you knew at the time, like, your grandfather, he's going to pass away. You don't, you knew the, the consequence of what was going to happen, how people live. You just have that yearning. You know that this love you feel, the grace of God himself, the sacrifice, you feel it. And yet you want to share that to the world. But yet some people just want to keep on living their life because they're stuck or necessarily they're lost in the sense that there is nothing but that's the thing we're being taught day in and day out that there's nothing when yet there is much more god is the one from the beginning and he is going to be there at the end when we have clarity on that issue of where do we go what does life what what awaits us when this life is over those who have had the clearest insight into that have had the most effect and impact 
in this life. And even those that, you know, um, even those that were like who are non-believers, who have this, um, you know, assurance that there's nothing. They are very effective in this life because they have this clear direction and clear affirmation that there is nothing. Like they're truly convinced that there's nothing after this. So they have nothing to lose. So they live their life in such a way that there is no, there is no consequence. So as much sin as I can get in, as many lives as I can corrupt, as the Alistair Crowley effect, you know, as much as I can impact this world, with all of my desires and everything who I am, that's what I'm going to do because I'm, I am convinced that there's nothing afterwards. But when you have the other side, when you're totally convinced that at the end, Scripture says in Hebrews, uh, we die once and then the judgment. Mm-hmm. When you have a clear conviction over, over what's next, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When you have those understandings, and you're totally convinced those people have had the greatest impact in life. The Charles Spurgeons, the Pauls, the John Wesleys, like these guys understood the Le- Leonard Ravenhills, you know, that the sermon that he said, if I can just open for you just an inch of eternity this morning, he said, you would never complain again. You would never backslide again. Your prayer life wouldn't be rags. You wouldn't weep over the things that are so, so temporary. You wouldn't spend your money on things that are just so temporary because you have this eternal vision. And now there's no fear. Ravi Zacharias was, uh, uh, he was, he was preaching, um, about Lazarus. And he said, can you imagine? Because when Lazarus resurrected, he became, he was, uh, he became, uh, a missionary. Like he planted churches and so forth. And I think he ended up in India, planted churches in India, eventually died. And there's a grave that says um, Lazarus uh, lived twice or something like that. Like that's what says on his grave. Um, and you can go there. You see it, whatever is going on. And so in the in in preaching, Robert Zacharias, he's like, can you imagine Lazarus after he was resurrected from the dead? What would his life look like? Yes. <laughs> like knowing the person who's going to bring you back. There's no fear. Like, what are you going to do to me? Like, in the face of, yeah. right? In the yeah. face of your, your, you know, your enemies, in the face of, of preaching the gospel and just being totally unashamed of who he is and having death in your face again. He's like, he would just laugh. There's no fear. He would just laugh. There's who no are fear. you? He's like, I've already died. There's I've already, yeah. I've already died. And I know the one who's going to raise yeah. me again. And my best friend, guess he's the one yeah. who controls death. He controls yeah. it. I'm chilling. How great would it be for us to embrace that in a very practical fashion? Mm-hmm. Not just have it in a theological understanding, not just have it, uh, uh, you know, as words or a way to do a podcast or a way to preach, but for us to really live that. And I, and I will be honest, I struggle with that mm-hmm. because I'm so much, I'm such a, uh, it, it's so difficult for me. Like my wife is more, like faith driven, like she can say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. We haven't gotten there yet, but trust me, it's going to be all right. Like, you know, we're on time or we're, you know, whatever. And I get there, I'm anxious. I'm like, no, it's not, you know, I got to see it. I got to touch it. I need evidence. And we get there. It's exactly how she said. She was calm, cool, collected. It's tough for me to really just let everything go and to live a life that is not careless, but a life that is without fear. 
And what you had said earlier, John, when you said, um, you know, the fear of like starting your own business or, or fear of investing your finances or fear of, um, you know, uh, uh, getting out of debt or the fear of not getting into debt or the fear of taking the steps to get out of debt if you're already in debt. But, there's a lot of debt. You're right. There's a lot of debt <laughs> out there, right? No, but, but some people it's, are fearful not to get into debt, which is oh, a yeah, weird, yeah. weird situation. But people are scared not to get into that because they're not going to have the things, the toys that everybody else has. Mm-hmm. And like I was uh, Kevin O'Leary, the guy from Shark Tank, oh. uh, he, he had posted an article uh, and I read it on LinkedIn. And it said something like for his wedding, he bought pizza and beer. That was his that was the wedding food. And they were like, why'd you do that? He's like, because I took the money that I saved from the wedding expenses I put into my business so I can grow it. He's a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the mindset of people that are just like, all this stuff here, like, I don't, I don't need to impress anybody. Like, I, I want to do something else. And I'm not, I don't know him. I don't know him from Adam. I, I'm not taking his theology, but it's just a mindset of saying, you know, being scared that other people are going to look at your wedding and say, you didn't throw a nice enough wedding. You know what I'm saying? You should spend the 20, 30 G's on your wedding. Mm-hmm. This dude who's a billionaire spent hundreds of dollars on his wedding. Yeah. And that's it. It's the fear of not getting into debt because you're wanting to oppress other people. It's also the security of being here now. We focus too much on being here, like just here on earth. Um, I've, I mean, I've gone through uh, and talked to a couple of Christians who are saying like, oh, God's going to bless me with this, this and that. But they're not thinking beyond or, for example, on a ministry level where it's like, oh, they're not saying that we want to help people get reached. It's just God's going to bless me here, here, and there, and then we'll see what I can do with that. Or we can go to an even example of the Bible. We have Job. Job lost, like, everything. And automatically, you start pointing the fingers, God, why did you do this, this, mm. and that? Instead of focusing on the grander picture, which is God himself, he's going to be there present. He was blessed. Yeah, even with Job, like, I lo- that's that's tough. I love the story of Job, but even on that, like, towards the end, you know, his friends mm. are, are, you know, saying, hey, you know, blame God. And he's like, no, it's not God. You know, yep. he's like, who am I? Whatever. But then it comes to a point, like in chapter 50 or something, <laughs> <laughs> um, where he's like, God, like, can you give me a response? Mm-hmm. And God's like, he, it's like a couple chapters. It's probably like four or five chapters. But he's like, who are you? Yep. And he's just, he just gives his resume. Who are you? God like, giving the resume to Job. To Job. Yeah. He's like, who were you when I... I made the storehouses of water, like the where I made the horse who who's so strong who does not retreat. Like all oh, this, crazy. I'm like, man. At the end of that, Job is like, perspective mm-hmm. comes in. I think a lot of times, a lot of times, people don't realize, like, man, the perspective of death actually is the thing that's the motivation factor. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's the thing that puts you back, like. You until you are confronted with it, you don't realize it. And so God confronts Job, he doesn't really realize it. And his response is clearly I'm a man. I didn't speak like I didn't know. Our humanity peaks when we're at the, like that the face yeah. of death uh, or the the door of death or whatever you want to call it. Um when I'm sick, when I've had instances where I was very, 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 very sick. You, you tend to become very holy, right? <laughs> you tend to become like, 
And it's strange that we act like that, you know, when we're injured, when we're not capable, when our car breaks down, when things are just not functioning. Suddenly, we look to God in one of two ways, right? We either respond to God and just like, God, you know, I've realized my humanity and I need to just serve you or find out what your will is, or we blame God like Job did, right? So we can get exactly what we want in the time frame that we wanted it, the way we described it. And so this God, he's, he's whatever, I'm gonna do my own thing. And, and the point of, I think all of this is to say in like, you know, the book of Ephesians talks about, you know, the days are numbered. So, so be mindful of your time, like of the minutes you spend of your time, be mindful of that. Don't be wasteful with your time because we don't have a lot of minutes. We don't have a lot of time. We don't know how many minutes we have left. Well, so we have 24 hours, and eight of those hours are already gone sleeping. So, If we make it. And then you work eight hours. If we make you it. You drive two hours a day. So, Well, if you make it, and if you sleep eight <laughs> hours, because I don't sleep eight hours. I sleep like three. I, yeah, I, I, I sleep, sleep like five. You know, but yeah. but it's like the, the minutes that we have, we don't know how many minutes we'll have left of today. And so that perspective of whoever you have beef with, squash the beef. Whoever, if you're mad at your family, yo, do away with that anger. Go and get forgiveness. Go and ask for forgiveness, even if it's not your fault. Even if it's like, no, they're the ones who caused the issue. But there's animosity between you and friends or family. Just go and just say, look, I don't even want to have a relationship with you. But whatever I have done to to cause any animosity, whatever I have done to grieve you or the perspective that I have that you've grieved me, I just want to say I'm sorry. I want to ask for your forgiveness. I want you to forgive me. And I wouldn't even point out I forgive you because that's arrogant. Just just lay it on the table. Ask for forgiveness because you don't know. You don't know. I have family members right now who are just angry with each other over like whatever. I, I've had, you know, family members over over small than money or or you know, something didn't go right at a party or or whatever. It, it's dumb because what happened with me and my dad, I had resentment with my father. I didn't want anything to do with him. I knew he was sick and they were like, Mike, you got to go visit your dad. Things are not going well. And I said, I'm not going to Puerto Rico. I don't know that dude. He didn't take care of me. He didn't help raise me. Um, when I needed him, he wasn't around, blah, blah, blah. But he was longing for a relationship then. And I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And then he passed away and I didn't go to his funeral because I was so resentful over what? My time could be tomorrow. My time could be tonight. And my daughter, I would never want my daughter to feel that way about me. And I could do everything I believe is right. And I push her buttons the wrong way and she's upset with me. I don't know how much time I have. I have to be the bigger person. We have to be the bigger person. So if you have any unforgiveness in your life, just ask for forgiveness so that your father in heaven can forgive you. Um, on Sunday at church, that's what they were talking about. Um, you know, uh, be mindful of the time. Don't be wasteful of your time. But the reality is we, we are valued. We have, we have immeasurable value because of Christ, because of what he did on the cross, because he saved us, and because we're made in the image of God. That is the reason why we have value. That's the reason why we can sit here with assurance and say we have hope in tomorrow. I mean, a lot of people usually always like saying that quote or they'll put it everywhere. Um, John 3.16, 
everyone knows the verse for God so loved the world, but they forget that one intro, which is for God so loved, loved the world that he was willing to send his son to die for us, like literally die for us. Like people don't like we talked about it briefly, I believe, in the historicity of, of Jesus, where literally it was one man took a beating, like a literal beating, like you could stub your toe on a table and it hurts. But this guy took a beating, dragged the cross, was on the cross, died. Something like 20 hours of just like walking and beating and walking and beating and then hanging. And and then literally resurrected for us. For us. Like we, we, don't, we don't picture that. That's like crazy. literally someone dying for us. Each and every one of us. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to just die for you, Mike. No, he died for all of us. That's the crazy. The God of the universe who told Job that, who are you? That's the crazy thing. He, he, he paid the price that we needed to pay. This is the price that we needed to pay. And it wasn't just a physical death, mind you. Mm-hmm. He was in the grave. So whatever took place in the grave that we don't know about, that's the payment for all of humanity. All of humanity. By his stripes we're healed. But that time that he was baking in the grave... And we don't know what was going on in there where he's absorbing the full wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Talking about all of human history. Past and Past, present. present, and future human history. And then his resurrection to say, I have conquered death. So whatever death has for you, I just conquered it. Not just the physical one, but the one that you didn't see. And all of it. I conquered all of it. Death is dead. I conquered it. It's mine. I have the keys. Done. Don't worry. You coming with me. Here you go. Welcome. One pillow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what it was. And we don't, and we don't grasp that because it's difficult to grasp mm-hmm. on a day to day. I've thought about this before and I think about like God died and I, that's it. Period. And I think about that one statement. God chose to humble himself to become like us when he didn't have to he's perfection in his throne he's doesn't know sin he comes down is innocent and he chooses because he is love to be the ransom for us so that we might have a relationship with him so that we might be with him in his kingdom that's crazy. The absence of that means there is no hope. Without that, there is no hope that we would say there is something that we can look forward to. So, might as well live it up because we're going to spend an eternity apart from him. We're going to spend an eternity in in pure suffering. The rest, if you're suffering now, wait till we, we're out of here. I think that's where that YOLO, that YOLO is so dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. In a sense is people don't have a problem until you're in your deathbed. And then you realize, I've wasted my life. What have I done? But it was YOLO 45 years prior. Mm -hmm. Nothing but YOLO until you're confronted. And then guess what happens? Fear. So we're confronted with our humanity. Until you're confronted. And then fear grips you. Uh, I believe it was Francis Chan who was talking about um, the afterlife or death, where he said, 
Imagine a man, he has everything he wants, he gains everything, every status that he's ever wanted in his life. A hundred years of that. You have all the women, all the cars, all anything that you could dream of. And then just picture, you die. All that has gone to waste. You can leave it to your family, but it's not yours anymore. But then you have the wrath of God, which instills. You have one year just there in hell. You can say, hey, it's hot in here. I'm just enduring it. Two years goes by, and then you're starting to feel the heat. Three years goes by. You're wondering, where is everyone? What's happened? What What did I do in my life that that I thought that there was nothing for it? And then five, ten. Imagine an eternity. Just you come to the realization that the God himself loved you, did all this just so you don't feel complete emptiness, that he loved you. And that, that was like... I saw that when I was in my sermon phases back in the days when I was just becoming a Christian. And that was like a huge wake-up call to me. Mm -hmm. Because it was just like I experienced my aunt's death, which was I was like eight years old when it happened. And she was like my mom. I cried. That was literally my brother likes saying this a lot, but that was the last time I cried. That's what he says. Because now it's like I experienced death and it's I don't cry. I just go numb. And then my grandfather died. I just go numb. But I don't shed a tear because the reality is I saw that the person I cared about, just as equal as my mother, just passed away like nothing, like a vapor. And yet I'm over here just complaining about, oh, I have to be at work for eight hours a day. It's so crazy to me that everybody, there's certain people react differently to different things, right? So, um, like, I'm like you that I kind of go numb. I don't even want to be in the funeral. Like, I'm, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't know if that's healthy, but that's just me, right? Mm-hmm. Some people get angry. God, why did you take my mother? Why did you take? And then this anger gets built up inside of them. But in to realize in the future, you're going to be in the same predicament. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't have that concept of, time time is relative we live in a dimension of time you were talking about hell they don't there's no time heaven there is no time we live in a dimension of time and years but we can't separate that we have this anger towards the one that that uh, god you took them from me but you're gonna be there pretty soon Mm -hmm. everybody guaranteed i mean (laughs) Just talking about time itself, America was like what? How many years? Like 300 years America's been around? Yeah. Something like that. And yet look how far we've come in only 300 years. The Roman Empire, what was it? A thousand? Like a thousand years. That's just crazy. And yet we consider time as if we have all the time in the world or make the best of time, but yet we don't really make the best of time. We'll spend our hours watching that game. And then just watching another game and then watching another game, one after the other and saying, hey, look, I'll just do that tomorrow. I'll have time tomorrow. Always promising tomorrow when yet tomorrow is not known. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, man. I've I've wasted many of nights on Netflix binges. Um, And in one sense, you know, it's like me spending quality time with my wife when we put our daughter to bed and, you know, we get time to ourselves. So we just want to watch, you know, whatever Stranger Things or whatever, you know, whatever's on. Right. Um, But but to what what quality are we giving the time? Like what is what 
when we are spending our time, what is the importance that we're giving that time? And that really shows where our hope lies. Mm -hmm. Just the way when we spend our money, what are we spending our money on? That shows where our hope lies. Um, and if we're investing our time in things that are, that are eternal, our family, uh, our friends, um, when we're investing our time in, uh, in, 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 in the ministry of, of reconciliation, regardless of what it is, it doesn't have to have a brand or t-shirts or, you know, be in a building, but the ministry of reconciliation where you are living your life to draw people and call people back to Christ um, unashamed. What does that look like? How is it that we are going about it? Um, and, and you know, how much value are we putting on our lives? Like how much idolatry is consuming us? How much just there's so many questions that we can ask. And, you know, we have the recent thing that's going on with the kids eating those Tide, Tide pods. pods. Oh, my Lord. Like, it's just ridiculous. But it speaks volumes to what are we doing with our life? Mm -hmm. What is the value of life? What is the meaning of life? You know, the meaning of life is to have status, to be popular, to eat these things or whatever the heck they're eating, to post it, to get sick, to die. Like, come on, fam. It was like the, um, the guy you mentioned. Uh, the, the Mr. V or something like that. Gary V. Yeah. Gary V. He's real, real wealthy. Has all everything in the world. Worked hard. No problem. Don't discount. No problem. It's, it's seemingly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's how that's how the perspective will be because that's the trend now. The trend is you know we want the social medias and that's why the Tide Pods people eating this crap. Um, but you have the influencers. That this is the movement of influencers. So if I've if I've never really done much in the way of building a business or or investing my money and seeing a huge return where I can give real advice, all I got to do is read some books and then put out a video and act like I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. And people just want to be dumbfounded. Like I didn't put the work in. Like if G talks to me and G's like, look, man, I did some research on X, Y, and Z. This is what you got to be careful with. I'm going to listen to G because G's been doing like 12 years of research of things that I have no idea about. And we've dialogued about things and, and the resources and so forth that I can look at. I'm like, he's put in work. So he's a, he's a reliable resource for me. Mm-hmm. So I have intimate understanding of what he's doing. So great. I'm going to listen to him. But there's so many people just popping up that we don't get the work that they're doing. Like if we do the research, and we're like, wow, this person's great. But we don't know the struggles that they go through in life. So they appear bigger than than life they appear like they have it all together when death is certain for them all the money is going to somewhere it's going to someone the son or the daughter or the wife the 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 husband it's going to get spent on something that they didn't want it to be spent on it's going to get spent on something else you don't have control over that and so in this realm of influence who is the one influencing you where is your real influence coming from? Is it from the one whose word never passes away? Is it from the one that has sealed your faith, who gives you the hope, who says, uh, I give you a guarantee that you will be with me? Is he the one that we get our influence from? Then fantastic. It's not saying we can't learn from other people, right? Mm-hmm. It's just to say, where's our ultimate hope placed? Where is it that when we wake up in the morning, and, and we kiss our family goodbye and we're meditating on the, the day, 
where is our ultimate hope? Where is our resting place? And, you know, my hope is that everyone who's listening, everyone who's watching, that us at this table, that we would really put our hope in Christ and that we wouldn't be scared to make moves. I know G's thinking about certain things and, and making certain investments, certain decisions, that he wouldn't be fearful, that he would just trust in the Lord, that I'm in the same boat thinking about doing certain moves and I'm not sure. And then it hits me when this topic comes up and I'm looking at it. I'm like, why am I worried about Because I don't know if tomorrow is going to exist. So let me be calculated and move forward and see what happens. And God, I trust in you. There's no fear. I don't have fear. Why fear? Tomorrow's gone. Life is a vapor. It's gone. You know, the people that, 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 you know, that John's investing in and, and, and his relationship and the moves that he's trying to make, be, be open. Don't be scared to talk to that person and be like, yo, maybe I need to talk to them about Jesus. I've been holding back for a long time for people who've been around me who are like non-believers. And there was a moment when my coworker had passed away where I started to have mad conversations with people and just wanting to know like, man, I'm confused. I'm lost. I used to go to church. I don't go to church anymore. Just random. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even try. And this whole time I had opportunity to speak and I didn't speak. I just kind of let it. It was like, God, God, whatever. I'm just chilling. I'm doing my thing. He brought them to me. Now it's like open season. Yo, have your way. Don't be scared. Invest. Live. There's hope. Give them the same hope that you have. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we can, you know, we can ask for. And, um, you know, I think maybe our next episode, maybe we talk about what does that hope look like? What does it really mean? What does heaven look like um, from a practical perspective? What does the resurrection look like and all that stuff? So um, so we'll, we'll tune in again next week. We'll post this episode um, this week and um, and shout out again to Geology doing his thing. You can check us yep, out yep. SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, we have our Instagram account up, Facebook. Uh, so check us out on any of those uh, any of those platforms. Also, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, Flight School. If you go on Spotify or you go to SoundCloud, I think their stuff is on SoundCloud as well. Go to Flight School. That's Flight School, all one word. Uh, they have night fresh music, new music out there. Uh, it's a it's a group out of Michigan. They're doing their thing. Uh, love those brothers up there. And, uh, and that's it. So, John, thanks for joining us, sir. Appreciate it. I uh, have to have him on future episodes. If you like John and you want to see him on more, hit us up. Send him a message on Facebook uh, or hit us up on proofbeyondreason at gmail.com. Everybody's like, this guy was trash. We couldn't hear him. He was talking away from the mic. This is ridiculous. Uh, but we love you guys. Mike the Baptist. And John Morales over here. Love you guys. Peace.